0: Hi, everybody. My name is George Matthew, and this is the Martha Mill Community Podcast. Hello, everyone, and again, welcome to the Martha Mill Community Podcast. My name is George Matthew, and I am so glad that you're here. What you're going to hear today is a conversation between me and my current Vigar, uh, Reverend Abraham Kurwala, who we call Uh This episode was recorded last Friday, March 27th of 2020. Uh, some, li- some context, uh, we've been conducting virtual Bible studies for almost two months now, uh, but more dramatically, uh, we had just conducted our first virtual worship service, just like many of you, uh, the Sunday before due to the spread of COVID-19. So, uh, this is what set the stage for Utchin to suggest that we explore the topic of the scattered church, which he'll uh, explain more in the interview about. So, I hope you enjoyed the interview, and if you'd like to add your own thoughts um, or reactions, I'll explain how to do that at the end of this episode. So, with that, here's my conversation with Manu Achin. Okay, so, said the other day you made a comment about the scattered church. So, uh, what exactly are you referencing when you speak about the scattered church?
1: Hey, Josh, thanks for the uh, question. And, uh, yeah, the scattered church um, actually has an Old Testament as well as uh, New Testament roots. The concept of scattering, you know, begins in the Old Testament right from the book of Genesis. We hear the call of Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 1. Go to the land, I will show you. That's what Yahweh says. Uh, We can say that it was just a concept of land, but since then, Israel as a nation was always on a journey. If you look at the whole history of the Bible, Israel as a nation was always on a journey from Abraham to Joseph to Moses, during which Israel was liberated from captivity to the unified rule under David in that promised land. And to the punishment that Yahweh gave to Israel for their disobedience. From time to time, this idea of being a scattered community is prevalent in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we also hear a promise in uh, Jeremiah 32, verse 6, where uh, we hear the words, I will gather my people from all the lands. Uh, So, this is uh, what we see in the Old Testament about the concept of scattering. In the New Testament, We see the physical church, as we know today, being formed. They used to gather in houses and synagogues and other places, but with persecution, this gathering church was scattered. We hear that in Acts chapter 8, and from then on, the scattered church had one main task. Uh, We read that explicitly in Acts 8, verse uh, 4, where it says those who had been scattered Preach the word wherever they went. Well, we know that with time the church became institutionalized and uh, she started gathering and became institutionalized as we see today. But inherent uh, in the nature of the church uh, is the nature to be scattered. So, you know, the whole concept of scattering uh, starts with the Old Testament and continues to the New Testament with the nature of the church. So, it has a background. As we see in the Bible. That's what I meant when I was speaking about, you know, the scattered church.
0: So, uh just to deviate from the questions a little bit already, but so you're what it sounds like you're talking about is the the example of the scattered church throughout the Bible, right? You gave the Old Testament and the New Testament. Do I have that right? Saying that it's yeah. it's always been there, that concept. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. then leading into the next question then, so Again, we were. It was the end of our Bible study. We were talking about the state of everything with the um, COVID nineteen and the pandemic going on. So, how does that tie into uh, today's setting? Why did you feel like that was a relevant uh, topic?
1: Yeah. So you know, again, you know, going back to the Old Testament and New Testament, the concept of scattering. It happened due to many reasons. You know, first we see we see it as a commission of God. You know, for example, to Abraham it was, "Go to the land, I show you." And uh, in the New Testament, to the disciple, it was, "Go and make disciples." And this commission had this aspect of uh, to be scattered. Secondly, uh, we see in the Bible the concept of scattering, developing as a result of the disobedience. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see uh, the Babylonians persecuted and exiled the Israelites, which was also a result of God's punishment, as is said by prophets from time to time. Thirdly, scattering happened in the Bible uh, because of persecution. We see that explicitly in the New Testament. In the New Testament, we see persecution happening because of the very identity of being a Christian. So there are two types of uh, persecution, but nevertheless, There is an inherent nature of being scattered. In both the second and the third type, that is disobedience and persecution, there is a situation involved. In Old Testament, the situation was disobedience. In the New Testament, it was being the follower of uh, Jesus Christ. But what we have to understand is that no matter what type of scattering uh, we are talking about, be it uh, as a result of disobedience, be it as a result of being a Christian, we are called to preach the gospel. That is what we see in the New Testament. Today's scenario, because of the pandemic, is a situational uh, scattering. I don't do say it is because of disobedience, it is because of persecution. No, I'm not uh, leaning to those uh, uh, references, inferences. But what I'm saying is that it is a situational scattering. Today, we don't have people coming to church, but they are in their homes. Uh, the reason is uh, because of the pandemic rounders. Uh, but the aim even though we are a church now at home, or virtual church, if we can call it, uh, the aim should be to preach the gospel. And that's why I think the scattered concept, uh, the concept of scattering as you see in the Bible, is relevant today in today's scenario in some or more way, because we are still called to preach the gospel amidst this scenario.
0: All right, so it's the idea that the aim ultimately is always to to preach the gospel, right? So uh, I like what you said about it's a situational scattering, right, right now. So um, I'm going to skip to what we had as our question four, right? So how does uh, technology, in your view, help us to help further that goal of uh, preaching the gospel based on the situation today?
1: Yeah, so... uh... Technology, or you know, anything for that matter of fact, is and uh, should be a means to a greater end. I repeat, it should be a means to a greater end. Here, the greater end is preaching the gospel. Now, so there are people who say technology, in the form of uh, you know phones or iPad, laptop, live streaming of services uh, using social media, should stay outside the church and the sanctuary. But thanks uh, to today's scenario, all this technological availability and social media uh, is helping people to access the church in a virtual way. Uh, You know, that's the advantage of uh, technology today in today's scenario, uh, as we are witnessing now in the ministry of the church. Uh, Through technology, uh, through social media, we are able to sustain and teach the gospel Uh, you know uh, many people have seen our metropolita live streaming the service last sunday through social media so many faithful of the church were able to participate and be strengthened amidst this pandemic so technology has a very important important role to permeate the gospel in sustaining the faithful in teaching the faithful about uh, the gospel and today's a scenario that we are uh, seeing today uh, the church that is scattered today because of the pandemic is and uh, is being sustained in the radiance and hope of the gospel through technology, through
0: social media. So so far, I've been seeing a lot of live streaming of services, mostly for our Martha Church. It's all the um, most of them following the liturgy still. So, can you imagine a scenario where they're not? following I guess the ordinary worship and then it's some form of uh, Kurbana style worship? Or what would that look like if it is possible?
1: Um, yeah, Kurbana style worship, um, you know, specifically since we are addressing that today in today's unique scenario where uh, social distancing is the norm, um, I don't know about the uh, qurbana-style uh, worship today. But definitely in the future, probably uh, live streaming of uh, qurbanas, um, not every qurbana, but, you know, some of the qurbanas that happen in our church, uh, should be an option before us. And uh, the advantages in in that way uh, would be that it would be accessible the elderly in our community who are not able to go to church, Uh, it would be accessible to uh, young people who are in different communities, uh, uh, in different parts of their school life, in different parts of their community life. They will be able to connect to their local church uh, via live streaming uh, of Kurbana. So, you know, that's why I think that's a great uh, possibility uh, in in that way. and uh, there are a lot of, you know, lessons to be uh, learned for us, you know, uh, because of this uh, situation.
0: Sure. So that's an interesting point, Achin. So I I agree with you in the sense that uh, live streaming of the Kurvana, you know, you still leave, having that core group of people who are there participating, uh, but then also making it accessible to people outside who aren't able to join in person. Um, So a little bit different than today's scenario, but something to think about. So what would you say to those that don't agree with the technology's compatibility with the church and and the uh, preaching of the gospel?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as I ended in my last uh, answer, like, uh, there are so much lessons to be learned in the scenario that we are dealing now. Uh, we should be always aware of the fact that uh, technology was always present uh, in church ministry. In the Bible also, we see a lot of examples uh, wherein technology was used for the glory of God. In Exodus 31, we hear God instructing Moses to use skilled people and technologically advanced people to build the temple of God. The temple of the Lord was built using skilled craftsmen and latest uh, technology for the glory of God. Um, And for those who say, you know, technology should be kept away or uh, social media should be kept away, uh, you know, definitely technology has its own uh, evil side. Social media has its own evil side. But then uh, humans, we humans have our own evil traits, and technology is also another example of what could be evil. But, you know, I'm reminded at this moment of uh, the words of uh, St. Athanasius, you know, who said, God became human so that humans can become like God. Now, what does that mean? You know, the underlying theology of uh, our Christian life is the Word became flesh. God used imperfect human existence to exalt His perfect plan. Uh, You know, there is evil in all of us, there is evil in the world, but there is goodness in all of us. And there is goodness uh, through uh, different means, and technology is one of the means to a greater end. Uh, That should be the thought process of using technology. Um, You know, uh, we can live in ignorance of the fact that technology was used in printing the Bible, and we have Bible in different languages just because of technology. Uh, we have reachability to different messages just because of social media. You know, but there are negativities for everything and everyone. Technology can be used in a negative manner, and we should be always aware of that. But it should not, it should not take all of us a pandemic uh, to realize Are using technology or social media for making the gospel more reachable, or using the platform of technology and social media, carrying forward the mission of God. People who say that uh, you know phones or technology should not enter the church, uh, you know that should stay away from the church, should bear in mind that today, uh, because of the pandemic, the church itself is within technology, but not confined to technology. Church itself. Is been and the qurbana itself has been telecasted through social media, but it is not confined to the social media. The nature of the church is beyond social media, and that's why the scattered church is so important uh, in our uh, understanding of, of the ministry of the church.
0: Finally, I wanted to ask about, um, and we've talked about it a little bit already, but so, what are some of the lessons uh, that we can pull from the current situation again, uh, the church and so many other organizations uh, having been pushed to use technology. Um, so how can what can we learn from that today?
1: I think, you know, uh, the number one lesson that we should uh, take away from this whole scenario with uh, respect to the pandemic and the relevance of technology is that uh, the teaching and sustaining ministry of the church is very important. And, uh, you know, back in those days, we had uh, the traditional ways of teaching and sustaining the life of the church. Uh, But from time to time, that aspect of teaching and sustaining the gospel within the church, uh, you know, enhanced. You know, as I mentioned that the Bible itself was made available to us through printing, and you know the Reformation happened because uh, printing was uh, made use by Martin Luther and many other you know reformers of his age. You know, so they also made use of the available technology at hand. And um, and definitely, technology should be in the forefront of our ministry. That doesn't mean that it should take precedence over the basic things of ministry. You know, uh, we should have online prayer meetings, online worship service, Bible studies, kurbana, Sunday school gatherings. You know, those are the uh, ways that we should teach and sustain the gospel in today's scenario. But today we are pushed, and that's why we are having all these things in the virtual world. We might say, oh, you know, tomorrow there is no aspect of social distancing. Tomorrow there is no aspect of pandemic. So, you know, all these things will fade away, and, you know, people will be back to the physical church. But Uh, The lesson and the greatest takeaway is that we should engage in pioneering avenues wherein uh, the technological aspect would be made relevant in the uh, preaching of the gospel, in teaching of the gospel within our church and even beyond our church. Um, uh, but also, I want to say that uh, technology shouldn't be just confined to teaching and sustaining the gospel. But the primary use of technology should be uh, to uh, preach the gospel to unbelievers. You know that is the that should be the primary aim. And uh, technology and social media should be uh, you know made use uh, accordingly. And the greatest takeaway is that we should be proactive. You know, we are pushed today, and that's why we are pushed, and that's why we are doing all this thing virtual in a virtual world. Um, But we should be proactive about things and, uh, you know, think about things coming in the future and do some and take some steps accordingly.
0: So that was the interview. I hope you heard something interesting. If you did, or maybe you didn't, either way. Please let us know what you're thinking. Uh, You can go to facebook.com slash podcast. Again, I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, And once you're there, please like the page and then leave us a comment under the episode uh, post, uh, uh, under the post for episode one. So thanks again for listening. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you know when our next episode becomes available. Uh, And thanks again. And I look forward to continuing our conversation.